Well, it's good to be back among the living. Uh, last Sunday, I ended up in urgent care, and uh, I was thinking about it. The last time I think I was in urgent care is when my kids were little. Uh, my youngest is now 22. So it's been a while, but um, it's good to be back and good to be here. Um, as Mark was praying, I actually did feel like the Lord said to me, notice, notice your, um, what's going on inside of you. And I noticed that my heart is beating really fast. Mark, is that good work? Yeah. And I think maybe the Lord would have us each do that. Just take a minute. You know, are you braced? Are you breathing? Is your heart beating really fast? Because the Holy Spirit's here, and he's among us. And we want to be on, we want to have ourselves together as much as we can. Did you guys hear Mark's sermon last week? I've listened to it a couple of times this week. We want to be gathered together as much as we can before we move into something. So, all right. I don't know about you guys, but now I'm a little more gathered. I want to start by um, reading you a story which I do not have the sheet for. So I'm going to tell you a story to the best of my recollection. Uh, It's a guy by, uh, his name is Douglas Adams, and it's a story called Cookies. And I'll say it in his first person, because that's how it's written that's sitting on my desk in my office. Uh, So he says, uh, he's from the UK, and he says, I was getting ready to go to work, and I was going to take the train to get to the office. And the train was delayed, and so I knew that I had some time to kill, so I went to the store, and I bought a newspaper, and I bought a pack of cookies, and I bought a coffee, and I went and I sat down, and I was going to wait for the next train, because I knew that the train, I was, it was delayed. And, you know, a gentleman in a suit and a briefcase sat next to me, and he seemed normal enough, until he did something. And all of a sudden, he reached over, and he, I mean, a picture this, I'm in the train station, and I've got the table here, and we're, the table's between us, and I've got my cookies and my coffee and my newspaper sitting there, and the normal guy next to me reaches over, and he grabs the cookies, and he opens them, and he takes one, and he eats it, and then it, Douglas says in the paper, he goes, we Brits, we have no context for this. We don't know what to do with this. We've not been trained on how to tell people, hey, that's my cookies. So I did what any good Brit would do, and I ignored it. <laughs> and so he says, and then he thought to himself, well, I know what I'll do. I'll show him. So I reached over, and I grabbed a, a cookie out of the pack of cookies. And this went on, like, for four cookies. The pack was like, only eight cookies, but it seemed like, you know, it took a half an hour. But he took a cookie, I took a cookie. He took a cookie, I took a cookie. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that he was, that he was eating these cookies, and I just was shocked. But, of course, I didn't do anything about it. So we sit there, and this whole process happens, and nobody says a word. And then the... His train must be coming, so he gets up, and he grabs his stuff, and I grab my stuff, and underneath the newspaper was my pack of cookies. (laughs) 
Douglas goes on to say, he says, the funniest thing about this is I know the end of the story. He doesn't. (laughs) So he's sitting there thinking that, you know, I was taking his cookies and it was just incredibly funny. And today we're going to talk about perspective. Perspective. The, the definition in Webster's is too muddled and long to even say. What we're really talking about is the point of view. From where you're sitting, what do you see? From where you're sitting, if you, each of you kind of probably sit in this pretty much the same spot. Let's just admit it. Who sits pretty much in the same area every time? I mean, look around, you guys. So if... If somebody were to get up and go stand in that corner, not like face the corner like I always had to do, but turn around and look at the room, you know, you would see something different than if you were standing in this corner looking at the room, wouldn't you? Perspective. So when you look at this, is the cat going upstairs towards you or is he going downstairs towards you? Which one? (laughs) how about this it's deep no it's not it's all a matter of perspective i love this one it's a boat it's land (laughs) same exact scenario meaning two different things to two different people based on perspective Today, I think the Lord's going to, um, I, I think, the Lord did lead me to this story in John chapter 3. It's the story of Nicodemus. It's a famous story. It's, it's, it's one of the most well-known stories in the Bible. It, has, it contains the passage that's one of the most well-known passages, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. So, we know the story and we're familiar with it if we've been around, around Jesus long enough and around the church long enough and had any kind of training. But there's something about it that the Lord highlighted that I want us to go through today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 3 and we're going to start there with this man named Nicodemus. I do have it up here also. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, which we usually give a bad name to, but he's well-trained, he's smart. He knows the Old Testament. And he comes to Jesus and he says, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. And in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You guys have heard this. Then Nicodemus does this. How can someone be born when they are are old? Is that up there? Okay, good. It's not back there. Okay. So how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. How can it be? The perspective of Nicodemus is, that's impossible. That's not, it, does, it can't happen. It physiologically, physiologically cannot happen. 
everything I know to be true, and I know a lot, Nicodemus must be thinking, that can't be true. So something's not jiving. Something's not right. I can't see clearly. Jesus, what is this? I don't understand. What does it mean? You can't go back in. (laughs) You can't climb back in, people. When you've come here, you're here. So he's trying to understand on what he knows, what he knows to be true. And so we have this chair, this chair that Nicodemus is sitting in, and it's the first chair. It's the chair of his own perspective. It's the chair that says, this is what I see from my seat. This is what I see from my corner. This is what I understand to be true. And Jesus, what you're saying isn't true. It can't be. Because I know a lot. (laughs) And this can't be true. And I love what Jesus does in, in in response to Nicodemus' questioning. He's just so filled with grace. And he says, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Who doesn't? I love truth. I absolutely love it. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Jesus is trying to explain to Nicodemus what he means. He's trying to give him another perspective. He's trying to say, this is how it is. Flesh gives birth to flesh. A mother gives birth to a child. Kate Samuelson, a member here, just had a, a baby girl on December 26th. That's flesh giving birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Now, at this point, I'm sure Nicodemus is going, huh? I mean, you know, you read that paragraph, that... You could spend a lifetime studying what that means and the implications of it and what Jesus is trying to say and what he's trying to um, get uh, Nicodemus to understand. But the fact is that he does try to say, this is my perspective, Nicodemus. And look at his response. How can this be? He's still right here, sitting right here, saying, I can't see it. I can't see what you see, Jesus. I can't understand what you're saying. And so he says, how can this be? How can it be? He's wrestling with it. He's thinking about it. He's, he's with somebody who knows. He says, we know you're a teacher. We know that you are from God. But he's still wrestling with it. And Jesus says, you are Israel's teacher. Do you not understand these things? You see, Jesus was saying to him, you're Israel's teacher. You're the one who's supposed to know everything. Nicodemus thinks he does. He was well-trained in the Old Testament law and tradition. Because of that, because of his community and because of the people he's been around and because of his training, he actually has another chair to draw from. He has this perspective of chair two, which is the perspective of others. Have you ever been wondering, well, I don't know what to do in this situation. I'm going to ask for counsel. I'm going to ask for advice. I need new perspective. Very often in my life, I'll call Mark Spencer and say, I'm not seeing clearly. Can you help me process this? Because I, I can tell that I don't have the correct perspective. I need to see differently. And in this chair, we can, it's more like you get to, say you're having a conflict with somebody. Here's your chair. Well, they're, they're not doing it right. 
They're not saying it right. They hurt me. I don't like that. It also tells you what's going on inside of you. How's your heart? How's your breathing? How's your own woundedness? Are you offended? This, there's good and bad things about sitting in this chair. There's, there's times we need to sit here and say, what's going on for me? And then you can come here and you can say, well, this is the other person's perspective. Well, you didn't call them back. Well, you, you know, fill in the blanks. How many times have we been in that situation where we say, well, what do you think the other person, what it's like for the other person? Now, if I'm going to be really honest, this is always my starting point. <laughs> I don't immediately go to grace. I'm, I sit here and I think, I wouldn't have done it that way. We become cynical. We conclude and we become judgmental. And we come to conclusions that are based on our perspective. Mark Spencer calls it the world according to Mark, right? That's what we're talking about? Can you see the difference between the two chairs? And in this chair, this also could be a negative chair. This could be a place where you go to get somebody's counsel so you can gain wisdom and gain clarity. This could also be a chair of the world's voices that say, you're not good enough. You're not qualified. But you don't know what you're talking about. You're stupid. It could be our inner voices saying, who do you think you are? Which actually is the enemy saying that, but we hear it. So you've got these two perspectives that are happening and that are going on all over the place. And when we can't see, when we don't know, when we're in situations in life where, where things are hard and things are challenging and things are difficult, we often will slip into this place of being confused and anxious. Our thoughts aren't working clearly. We're getting led astray. Mark was talking last week about spiritual depression. It's in this place of not knowing and not having proper perspective that we can easily slip into that spiritual depression where we just, we're not all together. We're not operating from our best place. We're scattered. We can't make sense of an overwhelming situation, quote Mark Spencer, in light of a loving God who has a good plan. So we have these two chairs. It's important for us as we journey with Jesus to know what's our perspective. Where are we seeing life from? Where are we seeing God from? Where are we seeing our situations from? Our families, our friends, our co-workers. Because the truth is, the truth is we have these two chairs and the, the thing that I love about about Jesus is there's a third chair. And it's a new perspective. And this one goes right in the light. (laughs) It's this perspective of God. It's this perspective of the Lord. It's a chair where we gain understanding, where alignment happens. When we sit in this chair, we get to say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me? How do you want me to respond? I hear this. I hear this. I see this. I see this. But this is where the light comes in. This is where we get the perspective of truth. That's where we get gathered when we're scattered. That's where we need to see from. 
this is where our minds are renewed and we're brought into the light to see the perspective of God from a lighted perspective. You see, this chair, this really is more like this. It's more in the dark, isn't it? Because it's only partial. It's only a little bit. And like I said, there's times that it's important to sit there and to be aware and to know what's going on in my life. Why am I being reactive the way I'm being reactive? Why am I seeing things the way I'm seeing things? And this chair, good counsel. Mark Spencer gives great counsel. No offense, but it's still dim. (laughs) Excuse me. So... Where are we sitting? The rest of this passage, this famous, famous passage in John chapter 3, talks about being born again. And what happens, I mean, let's just be honest. When a, when a, when a baby is in utero, is there light? It's dark. The baby comes into the world. I'm surprised we don't issue sunglasses immediately. Because it's bright, especially if there's fluorescent lights. I mean, oh, fluorescent lights, one of my biggest pet peeves. But (laughs) they come into the light. And when you think about this, you understand why Jesus is using this metaphor and this illustration. He says, come sit in the light. Be born into the light. Sit where you can see where I see. Sit where you can hear what I am saying. Come into the light. Be born into the light. It is a beautiful thing of salvation and redemption and restoration. And it also is a beautiful place to live from in that chair, being with Jesus in the light. Verse 9 in chapter 3, Jesus says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. (laughs) We get to sit there. We get to sit in that light. I mean, I mean, you think about the effects of light. I'm going to move this so I'm not, like, sitting behind it. But you, let's just sit here for a minute. If we can take our time and come into this perspective and sit with Jesus. We're not sitting in place of, by the way. We're sitting with, he's right here. He's, I'm not sitting on him, he's just right here. So... <laughs> This is where we get to say, I don't get it. I don't understand. How is this happening? And we get to align ourselves and fix our eyes on the one who knows all, on the one who redeems, the one who restores, the one who brings healing, the one who brings revelation, the one who brings the Holy Spirit that flows over you and you you might not even have an answer, but something has shifted. The one that shifts us from, from looking from a false place to a true place. I better get out of this chair. <laughs> it's the one it's the place where we're overwhelmed with his spirit. And we come together and we're, and we're whole and we're, we're in one place so we can say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to know about this situation? And the truth will come in. And it's a beautiful, beautiful perspective. Um, if you ever, if you love to study, Dana, is Dana in here? Yeah, Dana. <laughs> Look up the word light 
in Scripture, do a word study. 365 times in the ESV, light is in there. And start looking at the uses of the word light. It's about illumination. It's about seeing clearly. It's about perspective. It's all about perspective. Sometimes we might laugh at Nicodemus. Actually, we probably do often. If you're like me, I've probably judged him quite a bit. Oh, you Pharisee. Can't you figure it out? Get it together. But if we were to sit in the third chair with Jesus, with Nicodemus in mind, and say, what do you want me to know, Lord? We see Nicodemus do one of the greatest moves any of us could ever do. It's right here. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus. He had his perspectives. He had his perspectives of of his own. He had his perspectives of the world, of his training, of his colleagues, his co-workers. But he still went to Jesus. He did this right. He made a choice. He trusted him. He submitted and surrendered to it. He moved himself from chair one or two and sat with Jesus in chair three to gain understanding. And I think because of this, we see that Nicodemus finished really well. Let's see what verse it is. Later in verse, chapter 7, I'm sorry. Later in John chapter 7, we see Nicodemus defending Jesus. And he says, Does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? Even in the law, We don't condemn somebody without first getting understanding and information. We don't know the other person's story. It's a great place to start. Tell me about it. And then don't forget to sit here and bring Jesus with you and anything that you have going on. It's where we posture ourselves, as Mark said last week. We open up our minds and our hearts and say, Here, God, take these things. Shine your light on them. I can't think of a greater posture to be in. And as a people, well, I should speak for myself. I don't do this really well. But I think it's something we can grow in. I think it can become more habitual in 2018 than it was in 2017. I think we could live in a place where coming to Jesus and sitting with him and saying, will you shine light on this for me? is something that we will never go wrong with. Sometimes it's with somebody. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trained in an inner healing prayer called the manual prayer. And it's really about sitting with somebody with Jesus. Letting Jesus drive it. Letting Jesus come in and share the light. And then we'll have this. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. What chair will we choose in the coming year? Let's pray. Lord, (laughs) we thank you that you are pure, true light. We thank you for the invitation to be born into it. We thank you for the invitation to sit with you 
wrestle with you and ask you, what's your perspective, Lord? What's your aerial view? What are you seeing? Would you enlighten us? Would you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that is open to walk with you in the light? Lord, I pray that you would quicken our minds to remember to choose that chair, to move into that perspective. I pray that this would be a driving force for us in 2018, both individually and as a church. Lord, you have great things going on here at Bridgewood, and we thank you for that. We do thank you for ending our year well fiscally. We thank you for ending our year well with stories and testimonies of your movement and your healings and your change, your transformation. And Lord, we look forward to 2018 and we say, Lord, help us to walk with you. We pray over the offering, Lord, that every time we give, every time we ask, Lord, what are you, what are you saying to us about giving? That we would come to the table with a generous heart that we would come to the table um, with our eyes fixed on you. That we would know and we would trust you have great things for us. That we wouldn't lose sight of the call on our lives to follow you wherever you lead. So would you bless this offering? Would you multiply it? And would it go forth and do your work? In Jesus' name.
Oh. 